Once upon a time, I was sitting in my room. Alright. Thinking about all the things I want to say and do. Like what? Such a quiet man. Shh. What can I do then? I don't know. Start a brand new podcast with my family and my friends. Oh, cool. Hey, my name is Joe. Hello. That you want to know. What you got? Let's begin this journey. Thank you so very much for joining. Yeah. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. So today we are on episode 41 today. And uh, before I tell you what the topic is, I want to welcome back Tony to my channel. This is actually his fourth time back, so it is definitely good to have him back. And this is a topic that um, that we've mentioned uh, in the past couple of times that we've done recordings. Uh, as far as our death episode, this was kind of briefly mentioned. And then in our very last episode that we did on insecurities, um, this was kind of mentioned as well. So before I tell you the topic, I just wanted to say welcome back, Tony, and it's good to have you again. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me again. <laughs> Absolutely. So today's topic is actually going to be on health. So health is something that I struggle with. It's something like as regarding like weight is something that I definitely uh, struggle with. And that is definitely going to be a big part of our topic today is regarding, regarding like our weight journey and uh, things that can incorporate, you know, that as far as trying to lose our weight, things that you can do when it comes to losing weight. And then we also will be talking about um, our health in the in the form of like sickness and illnesses and stuff like that as well. But before we get into that part, I think it would be good since we've kind of talked about our weight journeys and like trying to lose weight and all of that, if we would start on uh, the weight side of things. And, and might, we might as well bring food and exercise into that as well, just because they all kind of go hand in hand as far as trying to lose weight and all that. So, uh, so anyways, I guess um, as far as our weight journey, I guess I will uh, have you kind of talk about your experience as far as weight and, uh, and maybe even like what you've done as far as food, like food choices and like exercising as well. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Um, so for the vast majority of my life, I just didn't care. I didn't really like exercise. It was boring. I didn't like PE. I just didn't really do anything. I got kind of offended when people would offer me like sugar-free soda. I say, I want my calories. I want my sugar because I don't want the weird taste of the, the sugar-free stuff. Um, and um, especially with like school and stuff, like you, it's just school when I was in school I felt like I was busier and had less free time than being like actually employed so uh, because of all the homework and stuff so like it was just so far at the back of my mind I just really didn't care and and you know especially having to stay up at odd hours and just being extra tired and hungry I mean you just kind of get by um plus when you're walking around to classes and stuff like you're you're kind of keeping active in a way um, but I guess what really hit for me was, um, seeing myself in Christmas pictures around 2016, I was realized that there just, there was no good angle because I was just, 
I got up to 247 pounds then. And, um, you know, and I mentioned this in the last episode, the whole insecurity thing. It's like, you know, I decided um, amongst myself between me and my doctor, and I think I had talked about it with my mom and that was it, was that I was going to make some positive changes and work towards a goal. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody else because I didn't want to, again, like admit that I had a problem or that I felt like I had a problem or that I didn't like how I looked or how I felt or something like that. So I um, did some changing around my diet, did a lot more focus on protein. Um, and at first I actually started gaining weight because I was eating too much of it. And even though it was healthier food and I felt better, um, so I freaked out, went to my doctor and they're like, well, are you counting calories? And I said, oh, I guess I should do that. And I got this cool little app, um, called my fitness pal. And, um, you can choose to log your exercise on it too. So that you can say like how many net calories you actually have of the day left. Um, at the time that was in 2017, and I was working, it was like a, it was a co-op, which if you don't know, is kind of like an internship that you do for three semesters instead of one. And I was living, um, in another place at the time and, and working there. And so I realized they had a workout room I could use as part of being there. Um, so the first thing I did was actually really not healthy, but it worked, which was, uh, I limited myself to only 1600 calories a day, which is not really the best for an adult male. Um, I don't think, but I think, I feel like I might've actually gotten less than that. I'm not sure. But I, um, whenever I got really hungry and my body was saying, okay, look, you need to eat. This, this isn't good. I, uh, I cheated because I filled up on fiber supplements and they make you feel full, even though they don't really have any calories. It's just kind of filler. Um, also help with digestion. Um, so, you know, it's always good. We, we really don't get enough fiber in our diets as is, but this was synthetic fiber. And um, so, yeah, I just did that to convince myself and my body that I, I wasn't hungry. And I went, I would work out in a little workout room four times a week uh, but then I still cheated and on the weekends to keep my metabolism going, I guess I would just go back to just eating whatever I wanted on the weekends. And I did that. I want to say three or four months and I lost about 30 pounds that way. Um, and that was pretty great. I got down to 217 and, you know, I was feeling better. I was looking you know, more trimmed. And it was kind of funny because like I said, I hadn't announced this or anything the, the first picture that appeared of me post weight loss at that time was, uh, actually when I got into a car accident in June of that year. And so people were like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? And also at the same time, like, Oh wow, you're looking great. Um, so that was, that was kind of funny, but you know, basically from then on, for the rest of my time in school, because it would be that following semester that I would actually go to UAB when I, when I first, you know, met you there, um, for basically the rest of my time in school after that, I, I went back to the stressful, I couldn't focus on dieting, you know, whatever. Uh, I didn't really gain it all back right away, but 
um, I got my first job for real. And the first three weeks there, they have catered lunch for you every day. And they always have snacks or food or whatever. And I just gained so much weight. Um, just living the good life, you know. And um, I got all the way back up to 250 again. And, you know, this is, of course, we're talking like, three or four years later by this point, but still it all came back and then some. And um, so then I tried, uh, well, I, again, it was something that was just, you know, I, I didn't care about for a while, but then once I kind of got what, you know, once I got past the, you know, as I mentioned the first episode, the real estate issue of, you know, buying a house uh, the crazy economy and then you know getting another job that allowed me to have a little more freedom and flexibility in my work life balance and schedule um and really just you know all these things kind of sort of came together more and I could focus a lot more on me and myself um I first tried keto which is really popular because I had a friend who had recommended that to me and was really big on it because he had lost like 60 pounds on it. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I lost about, I want to say 20 pounds on it. And then it just stopped working entirely. Like I hit a plateau and I, I even got more strict on it afterwards. I tried cutting out all the synthetic sugars they have in there. Um, so it just wasn't working. And I stuck with it for another couple of months. And then by that time, it was about this time, actually, last year. Um, I was just like, well, there's, it's not working and it's coming up for the holidays. So I don't really think there's any reason to care. Um, so I let it go and I gained back some more weight again. So I got up to uh, about 238.8 pounds still really feeling it still just blah but uh my mom had been trying to sell me on this fad diet uh called optavia which um she had been on for a long time and she had lost about 100 pounds it was crazy it's it's a very extreme diet there's really no lenience on it you can't even really have cheat days on it it's extreme it's it's basically like a cult but that's a whole other thing. It's a multi-level marketing scheme. So they, you know, want you to get in there and, you know, you, you get so successful on it and then you get other people to get on it and then you become their coach and you can make money with it, et cetera, et cetera. I wasn't really interested in it for all those reasons. I was just using it for, of course, my own ends and it was very expensive. So it was something at first that was very prohibitive to me, but, you know, I, um, after I had gotten like a holiday bonus last year, I was like, you know, I, why not? Um, I wasn't really sure what I was expecting from it, but, um, with that, basically you get one real meal a day and it's a very specific low carb meal that's within certain parameters. And that's, that's all you get. Um, and then you have five little, they're called fuelings. They're basically their power little snacks. You have to, and you have to time your meals, your, your eating times exactly two and a half hours apart, basically throughout the day. 
it, because it's like the idea is that it keeps your metabolism going just enough while you're basically starving yourself. And the, the food they give you is loaded with tons of nutrients and vitamins and minerals. It's great for you, but considering you're getting so little of it, you are pretty much starving yourself in the healthiest way possible. Um, that being said, the first couple of weeks, I immediately noticed a difference. Um, I started losing weight really fast. I want to say, so I started January 14th at 238.8 pounds and I, um, I have the whole thing logged and like a note on my phone, but I, I lost pretty consistently, even with breaks sometimes or I would mess up or like I went to go visit family and I didn't really get to stick with it during that time. But like I, I lost a lot of weight. I got all the way down from that to see, I guess, uh, June is when I kind of started to taper out. I got down to like 195 and ended up down about 190, which is kind of where I'm at now. Um, and, you know, I feel better. I, you know, I could still trim a lot more. Technically speaking, BMI, I'm still just a little bit above the acceptable range, even though it is, again, a range. But um, I've kind of shifted more to focusing on building muscle at this point and toning um because at this point like once you get to even this this rate like you're not, like the number on the scale is not going to matter as much because you know with that diet it was very restrictive they didn't want you working out because some of the weight you were losing no doubt i'm pretty sure was actually muscle like you're not you're just i mean you're starving your body there's really no nice way to put that but if you want to lose a lot of weight fast i mean technically speaking that was like what almost 50 pounds off you know just from that so um you know it it um it works it's expensive uh it's not really meant to be a long-term that thing though so you still do have to go learn like the important healthy decisions and lifestyle stuff like that and you know because like now i'm back to counting my calories and I'm not really, I don't really want to do that long-term either, but the, the idea is that I'm still at a calorie deficit so that I can still burn off some of the fat while I'm trying to build muscle. Uh, so I've been focusing a lot more on the routine at the gym. I've been in contact with some dietitians who've, you know, been kind of helping me, you know, figure out a, a way, which way to go and get more experienced with the weights, the machines, all that stuff. Um, and I check in with them like early next year and we'll see, cause they actually have this really cool scale at their office. It's called a high, a high impedance scale. It sends an electrical current through your body and it measures how much body fat you have by, based on the kind of resistance. Um, and so they'll be able to tell if I, if I'm really making the kind of progress that I'm wanting. Um, whereas right now, if I just hop on the scale, I'm not really seeing much change. I'm just kind of steady but um i mean it is an ongoing kind of thing i mean health and fitness is always going to be an ongoing thing and it's really hard to start and it does get easier but you have to keep doing it as far as like working out and 
eating right and stuff. This, um, this part of the year is kind of just whatever, because it's that time of year. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But I mean, you know, I don't feel terribly terrible because I mean, like, you know, like I had a I had some family over for an early Thanksgiving this last weekend and um because they don't get that side of the family doesn't really get Thanksgiving off. So we uh we celebrated with traditional Thanksgiving carbs and um you know, I got right back to the gym this morning. Um despite all of the overeating and everything that happens weekend. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, I mean, you can really get down into the nitty gritty about all your calories and stuff like that. I mean, if you don't go way over, you're usually pretty much okay. Um, it's, it's not like, you know, if you're not losing, you're gaining kind of thing. Cause that's how it was on up to That's how they wanted to make you feel. And that's how it felt because as soon as you messed up, you could really feel it. And then you could see it on the scale because, of like how your body stores carbs and holds on to like more water weight because of that. Um, if you eat more than or outside of the parameters of, of the plan, you know, you want to keep seeing the downward trend, but that trend might not always be like an exact number. Like this most recent time, like since I've said, I wanted to focus more on muscle and muscle weighs more than fat kind of thing. But the dietitian actually said specifically, okay, don't, don't get on the scale, you know, just, we will check your progress with this very expensive piece of technology when you come back in like February. But that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm still don't have, you know, I'm not at the part at the place where I'd, I'd like to be. Um, but I'm, I feel phenomenally better than I did, you know, a year ago, for example. Um, a year and some change I guess at this point um because like I was always worried like you know in terms of like physical activity like I, I like when people said they did things like hiking or jogging or something I just thought it was weird because I was like that just sounds so tiring like I'm gonna go hiking somewhere I'm gonna go out in the middle of the forest and I'm just gonna sit there and be tired and not gonna want to get back up and even go back the way from which I came you know just I'm just going to be overwhelmed and exhausted. But, um, you know, now it's like, uh, like I went and hiked four miles on Friday. <laughs> when I was off work, I was like, oh, cool. It's an opportunity to go hiking again. It hadn't quite, you know, this weekend is when like the temperatures like plummeted. So it was before that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, um, that's the very short story of uh, the long story, still kind of long, but shortened a little bit to uh, just kind of say where I've been and where I'm at. Okay, yeah. So I'm definitely glad that you shared all of that because I could definitely relate to a, a good bit, a good portion of what you mentioned as far as like your weight going up and down and up and down. And now you're right now at a, a, a good place. So I'm definitely, you know, glad to hear that and even glad to hear that you've uh, even gotten into like the idea of hiking I, that was kind of the same thing for me like uh, I used to not like the idea of hiking just thinking like oh that just sounds so tiring and all that but then once I started like finally trying to do hiking it kind of got uh it got to where I started appreciating it a little bit more uh, where did you go hiking by the way Oak Mountain 
Nice. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Nice, uh, nice area for sure. And so um, as far as me, as far as like weight goes, same thing for me, like as far as when I was younger, um, I, I didn't like the idea of going to PE or, you know, to the gym. Uh, when I was younger, maybe it was like fun. But like once I got into middle school, that's probably where I started having a little bit more like, oh, this isn't as fun as it used to be. Like when I was in elementary school, it was all about like dodgeball and, you know, all of these like fun activities. Uh, but then once you got into middle school, it kind of just got a little bit to where they maybe focused a little bit more on our fitness as far as trying to figure out how many pull-ups can you do and, you know, how many sit-ups can you do in like a minute how fast can you like how much time does it take to run a mile and all of this so it's, it got it got to where it's like oh this is no fun no more so once I got into high school any any opportunity that I had to take a different elective I was definitely on board uh, like choosing anything other than the gym RPE so besides my freshman year of high school I think I had no choice but to take a uh, physical education but um So there was that. And then as far as like my my weight, like it wasn't really a problem for me until I was in middle school, like around eighth grade. I, I guess that's kind of where um, I felt like I wasn't growing as fast. So I guess like I guess it was making it to where I was gaining a little bit more weight. And that was definitely kind of where my insecurity started as far as like my weight problem. And especially when like people will point it out, other classmates would point it out that I've gotten fat or, you know, gotten big. So like that definitely didn't feel good. So, but over my high school years, um, I ended up like growing, I guess, to where it started, like I started like slimming down just a little bit um, throughout my ninth through 11th grade. But then my 12th grade year, I kind of got back up. Um, like, I remember, I still look back at my senior pictures and just think like, ah, oh. like, you know, I just, I just feel like I, I don't like it just because even for me too, I didn't like, you know, there was really no good angle for me at that point either. And I felt like it was just like, gosh, like I just couldn't even stand seeing myself in pictures. But like, I, I did it just because I knew like, this is my, this is the year, you know, senior year graduating and all that. So So yeah, I definitely wasn't too confident and feeling too good about my senior pictures. So, um, but after I ended up getting a job like right before my senior year and my job was a little bit, you know, it was physical wise because I, I was like a bagger at a grocery store. And then I also part of our job was, uh, like having to go outside and get the, get the buggies or For some people that don't know what buggies is, a shopping cart. So going to go get a shopping cart and uh, bringing it back into the store. And uh, it, I kind of got to where I was losing weight there. Like I started losing, I, well, I ended up actually losing like 50 pounds over two years. And it actually is in relation to, um, I guess it would, I would put it more into the sickness slash illness category. So I'll kind of bring that back up here in a little bit. So I got to where I lost weight uh, down from, I was like around 212 uh, my senior year. And then I got down to like 160 pounds or something like that over a matter of two years. And it was due to this uh, sickness that I had. Well, I, yeah, I would have to explain a little bit more because I don't know if I consider it a sickness, but, uh, but anyways, I, 
ended up having that uh, health problem resolved and ended up gaining the weight back. And I kind of got uh, fast forward to 2019. I ended up getting like heavier than I've ever been. Like I got up to 230 pounds and I could just tell in my pictures, like the way like my face was looking and the way my body was looking. I, I told myself like starting 2020, you're going to try losing some weight and you're going to try doing better and exercising more and all of this. So in 2020, um, I, we have a treadmill here at the house. So I ended up getting on the treadmill and uh, doing a good bit of walking, which was definitely useful, that treadmill, because uh, COVID hit, of course. So gyms closed. So I had was where I was to where I had to just do my workouts from home. So that was my form of exercise in 2020 was getting on a treadmill. And uh, I got myself down about 20, 25 pounds. So I definitely felt uh, really good at that point. By the time it was like summer 2020, I was down to like 203, 202 range. And uh, I was kind of staying there for a little bit. But then I kind of started slacking again as far as exercising. So in 2021, I started gaining back uh, the weight, uh, even up to 20, actually, even to 2022, even all the way up till April or May, I gained uh, 20 pounds of it back. So I kind of got back up to 225 pounds uh, at April. And so I kind of got myself signed up in a gym because I told myself that I need to try to make more of a commitment and thinking that I need to uh, pay, you know, like if I'm going to pay for something, then like, then, you know, I might as well go and do it, I guess, kind of commit to commit to it in that way financially to where it's like, yeah, you're paying for it. You're going to use it. So I went to the gym for a little bit, um, kind of got discouraged because I was trying to use the treadmill, just trying to do some cardio, um, machines or trying to, you know, do cardio exercises. And the first two months I was not losing weight at all so and i think i don't know if a lot of it had to do with um using the same machine maybe uh, maybe my body was used to using the treadmill so i guess it got adjusted to it so i did that um for a little bit it wasn't working so i started uh i was i was talking to somebody um about like my weight and they were actually telling me a lot of it has to do with what I'm eating, which of course I knew it was that, but like, they tell me like, it really is like most of like, it's like the best way of losing weight is changing like a lot of what you eat or how much you eat. So I started trying to do that, trying to change a little bit into healthier options as far as like breakfast goes, trying to change to eating uh, food that's better for me. And even like, uh, as far as what I would drink for breakfast, like I used to just drink a Coke for breakfast to like, just wake me up. But now I've, you know, swapped over to water. So even doing little changes like that and lowering my portions, I kind I got myself back down. Uh, and currently around like 212, 213. So I guess basically at the weight that I was at um, my senior year, so there's still uh, progress that needs to be made, but I think a lot of, I guess, what's helped me lose some weight now here recently is the food intake that I've been, uh, I guess, doing here in the past few months. And I've still been trying to do exercise. My, I guess my exercise 
I have not been going to the gym, but I have been, uh, I guess, like doing more, I guess, dancing, even though I'm not the best at it, but I've been trying to do uh, some dancing. And I guess that's been kind of helping uh, me stay consistently either at a weight or going down. As long as I'm not gaining, I guess that's the good thing. But I do want to eventually get myself down lower. I would like to lose another 10, 15 pounds. So Yeah, a lot of it has to do with food and, you know, uh, doing a little bit more exercising. But I know a lot of it is just what I eat because there's so much good food. And especially during this time of the year, uh, like you were saying, it's definitely a, a hard time for that because, the, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas time, that's where all the good food come into play. So it's definitely a challenge, but I uh, just got to give myself some grace during those moments and, you know, be sure to enjoy the holidays. But at the same time, trying, trying my best not to overdo it. But I know that's going to be a challenge in itself as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things you mentioned about, you know, the exercise machine, I know some people have told me that the um, the treadmill is, like, kind of deceiving. It's not really all that great because you're not really using a – I mean, it's, it's kind of, like, not even as good as jogging because you're not really feeling the full brunt of your weight, carrying your weight, like – through space as you, as you, as you move and, uh, you know, you're stabilized. So you're, you're not even having to worry about keeping your, your own balance really. So it's not really that great of a workout unless you're just looking for some generic cardio to, yeah, get your heart up. But yeah, that could be literally anything. Um, I always, when the first time I lost weight, um, and even into the, the time since I've been going to the gym consistently since was June, this year um i always kind of stuck to, to uh, the elliptical um and when i started going to the gym it was just 30 minutes of that basically and that was really all i would do or like 35 minutes and then a cool down for five minutes kind of thing and you know that was just building up my endurance again and you know kind of inadvertently kind of working some muscles because you know you're, you're you're like you're holding on to like the the stuff uh, on the sides and you're, you're, you're articulating your body in that way. And you're, you're not just stepping forward. You're also pushing and pulling to compensate for that extra force. Um, but yeah, I mean, since then I'm incorporated things like, I mean, you are, yeah, I mentioned, you know, hiking, which hiking isn't going to be as high intensity of a workout. It's just, it's going to be, you know, a consistency thing. It's like, well, I'm just going to keep on walking up and down these hills and stuff like that. And some trails, um, I've pretty much gone on a different trail every time I've gone to Oak Mountain. Um, some of them are a lot more intense than others. Like there was one, I don't remember the names of any of these at all, but there was one that we went on that was six miles round trip and it went, up like 900 feet basically the course of it because we went to one of the lookouts and you know you can really feel it at some parts that you're going like you know you're not quite climbing but you are elevating more and you know you're using a lot more of your you know muscular like oh gosh i have to have to push more i have to stretch more with like you know the hamstrings and the thighs and the you know just pushing things upwards instead of just forwards and 
you know, you're just keeping that up is kind of like this consistent thing. You know, you may not be moving very fast, but eventually be like, Oh gosh, I'm sweating now. Um, uh, or there's also another really good one, you know, just for full, for full body motion, you know, they're swimming, um, which, you know, I like a lot, especially in the, the summertime, like it was actually kind of cool. Uh, we went out to, uh, the Cahaba river. There is a place over, well, I don't want to say where the place is cause I don't want a bunch of people to go crowding there, but, um, <laughs> it was just, you know, a nice little natural outlet for the, the river and you know we went out there and there were some trees you could swing off of and you know no big deal but i just i realized in swimming out there as opposed to like swimming in a pool where you can kind of see where you're going whatever i was like wow this is the first time having to use full body weight motions to like tread water keep myself up and i can't take a break or i'll fall you know i'll i'll, I'll sink i i've got to you know, keep it going until I can get to, you know, the side of the river or to a branch or get on the float, something, you know, and just kind of keeping that up, you know, it's, it's a lot more work on your body than you realize. So swimming is, is really good for keeping fit and, and toned and that sort of stuff, but treadmill, not, not really. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so definitely lots of different exercises. Actually, this morning I uh, was trying to to play tennis again after the first time in forever. It's just like, gosh, like it's it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's it's a lot of basically just sprinting, you know, because you're like, okay, well, the ball is going to be over here, then it's going to be way over there, and I gotta just zoom back and forth. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, no, I. I I get it. The whole uh, weight gain thing um, as well. I mean, I'm not super worried about this particular time of year because again, you know, I feel like, I feel like things get kept in check, even when I do go a little bit overboard just by virtue of just being more active. I mean, it kind of does suck um, in our line of work being in, you know, software space, I mean, you kind of, your job consists of sitting at a desk and staring all day. So uh, it's, it's very sedentary. And I have seen, there are some desks you can get that are like basically very slow treadmills where you can be just walking while you're working all day. But I don't know if I could do that. Like, I feel like that would, that would be kind of really difficult to like focus then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I saw they were like a really big deal, especially during the whole pandemic stuff. Because um, everyone was working from home. But uh, yeah, 2020 actually also didn't help either with like the whole weight gain. That was definitely a... Because you weren't allowed to go anywhere. You weren't allowed to go to the gym. You weren't allowed to do anything. And like everybody's working from home. This is, this is whenever I was like, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I was like, gosh, I hate working at home because it's just it's just depressing because I can't do anything. And I think that, you know, when you're talking about in the, in the terms of health, um, you know, not saying that you can't live a healthy life with a work from home job, but I feel like so much of the human experience is getting out and uh, like, you know, having a routine that involves things outside of just your living space. Um, 
And if you don't have that, if you don't have a reason to really get up, then it just feels like you never really get out of bed if you just roll over to the other room and turn on a computer screen, you know. Uh, not saying you can't do that sometimes, but every single day, it just, it just, uh, it's, it's bad for you. I feel like, <laughs> at least I felt like it was bad. Um, there's so many people who are like, oh no, I never want to stop working remote after, after the pandemic or whatever. But I'm just like, no, it, it just, it made me feel really depressed. And, and then like, I just, I gained weight and I just felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i could definitely relate to that especially like you were saying everything was closed there was nowhere to go we were just stuck in our houses during uh, 2020 so that definitely brought a lot of challenges with that for sure so yeah that was a uh, definitely i guess for me yeah when it came with the treadmill for some reason yeah i re started reaching a plateau and uh, at that point you know when i tried again here in 2022 trying to use the treadmill and I just realized yeah, that that has not been effective for me. It was, it was effective for me back in 2020. I guess maybe my body wasn't used to the idea of getting on the treadmill, but this year when I tried it, I, it my body said no. So <laughs> I started having to try different activities and there are a lot of fun activities out there that you can do. That's good for your body. Like you were saying, even with hiking and even uh, with swimming, I definitely love swimming and uh, just kind of, uh, especially during the summer, it definitely feels good when it's so hot outside, hot down here in Alabama and getting some water and just getting to swim. That's definitely a good time. And then uh, even doing other fun little activities. It's been a while since I've done tennis and I definitely can relate as far as that sprinting because it definitely from what I remember, it's been a, f a few years since I've done tennis, but going yeah, back and forth because you got to keep up with the ball and you know how fast they hit it back to you so it's like oh crap so there's that for sure so yeah it's definitely been um a, definitely a struggle still even to this day trying to find especially during the cold weather trying to find good exercises to do uh, I guess like going to the gym definitely is that's where it becomes useful going to the gym you know doing things indoors uh, or even doing things like ice skating is fun I, I like ice skating every now and then or even roller skating that definitely can be uh, some exercising for sure but um sometimes i'll end up like i end up having like sore legs and all that but but i guess as long as you don't overdo it so so yeah that is a uh, definitely a big part is definitely not overdoing it too so that that definitely has been something i've struggled with when it comes to exercising is uh being careful with that but as far as like food goes i've been trying to incorporate a little bit more things that are good for you like uh i've been trying to incorporate uh, even though i mean i know there's pros and cons to fruits like but there are some fruits that are like good for the heart and there's some that are good for the the brain and all of that like there's different berries that are good for you and i mean there's some cons to the berries as well but um, but there's definitely a, a lot of good to it, too. Like I've heard with like strawberries, um, I've, I'm not sure if it's true, but I've heard that it's good for the heart and it uh, may be good for other parts of um, the body as well. Or even like blueberries could be good for the brain. And uh, the, there's different like even vegetables, of course, too. So trying to incorporate a little bit more of, uh, I guess, green food, I guess, what I what they want to consider into my uh my diet <laughs> yeah that's actually that reminds me um 
So when I first went to the dietitian, I was actually referred from my GI specialist because, you know, I've, ha- I've had GI problems my whole life, which we go into more in the sixth segment when we get there. But um, so um, I had uh, I had been referred because, you know, my a lot of my GI issues have kind of calmed down with medication and and just being overall better health. But um, they had referred me to another clinic at UAB for weight loss management, which apparently whenever you're going to the doctor for weight loss management, the implication is typically that you haven't already lost the weight and are trying to, you know, continue living a healthy life or, or better yourself from where you're at. The implication is usually you're borderline needing bariatric surgery and you are morbidly, morbidly obese. Um, so, you know, going in there and saying, Hey, I've already lost 60 pounds. I'd like to lose some more. You know, you kind of get this general run of the mill, like, Oh, well, here's some foods you can eat. Ha ha. Here's a calorie deficit, I guess. Um, so that was kind of my, my first, you know, reintroduction into there, but, uh, you know, reintroduction to eating, I should say, because, you know, with Optavia, you really don't have to think about what you eat. You have very limited options. Um, and then you have like your one meal that you can make um, or some few things that, oh, that, that qualify um, like from fast food stuff like that. But it's, it's a very, very limited list. And like the master list they send you is also like super outdated. Um, but, uh, but anyway, like, so that was, that was my first like, reintroduction to okay here's food again and so I didn't really learn much and it's just you know they give you these lists for all these different foods that are healthy that you you know like here's here's a healthy fat and you know here's a measurement of it and you know here's you know the uh, recommended dosage of certain fruits and vegetables you know you want to get your fiber in but make sure that you do it with fruits and vegetables etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, you know here's some protein shakes if you want to have a meal replacement and you know, that was just kind of a big thing. But um, when I returned the second time, I told them, you know, a little more focused, like, okay, well, I got to sign you a different dietitian altogether, who was a little bit more understanding, of, like the just holistic fitness aspect of things, you know, training, weight training, especially. Um, and he actually wrote a whole routine for me. But then he said, specifically, one of the most important things was, you know, what I'm sure you've heard people refer to as macros, um, where it may not be so much the specific foods that you're eating, but you want to get to a certain goal each day of certain macronutrients, AKA, you know, like he actually went and said, said, okay, well you need to get so many uh, of your daily intake. So much of a percentage needs to be protein. So much of your percentage needs to be carbohydrates and so much needs to be, you know, fats. Uh, And the key was that the, grams of fat was considerably lower than the other two but that being said you can't completely cut fat out of your diet this is where it's kind of difficult because you look at some diets like ketosis um like with those three macros it's like completely different like you need you need virtually no carbs and then you need very high protein and very high fat because fat is what gets turned quickly into energy you're training your body to say hey I am taking in fat as energy and I'm storing nothing. And every time that 
and it's going to be so it's going to become this incredible digesting machine that is so good at digesting fat for energy it's going to start digesting the fat that you already have and honestly it's a better energy source and you feel more active when you're in ketosis and more just alive and it's it's great the problem is that getting your body to that point getting into ketosis is really difficult because you have to first starve yourself of all of your carbs that are available because the body will first go to quick, easy, easy to store, easy to process carbs. And then and after those are done and done and depleted, then it goes to what's called glycogen, um, which is, uh, I guess it's like a, I think it's like a type of like sugar. It's like a type of blood sugar basically. And then once you're done past that, then your body starts going into basically starving mode. It's like, Hey, I don't have any energy left and it has to wake itself up and say, I'm now in survival mode. So I'm going to switch to my reserves. And that's the, that's the key to ketosis. That is if you can get that working for you consistently and you can stay in that, then, um, you know, you'll be that, that kind of hunter gatherer kind of body. You know, you're not going to be easily readily storing things. Um, but you have to stay in it because it really sucks. if You get kicked out of ketosis because the same thing happened with Optavia. They said it was a light ketosis, but they call it fat burn. Same thing. Um, basically, you're just, you're stuck. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to get your body as this well-oiled machine of just digesting all those, those, uh, those fats instead of those carbs. But like right now, what I'm doing, since I'm focusing on building rather than burning, and I'm focused on building muscle those macros have changed uh, now i need more carbs than anything but i also really 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 need to get a only i need carbs but i also need a very high intake of protein still so high protein even higher carbs by just a little bit and then just low fat so this way you know my body can take in all of this because it needs even more fuel than uh than it just did when i was just losing weight because if you're trying to build muscle if you're you know tearing your muscles apart because that's what you're doing in your workout you're tearing your muscles and you're letting them build back up again stronger you know as needed basically and you know the more you up your weight to you up your resistance you up your workout um you are effectively telling your body okay i need this much more i need this much more and your body will adapt but in order for it to do that, you have to have a lot to build with, you, you know, you need your protein. Cause if you don't, if you try to do all that stuff and then you still try to do something like a ketosis diet, or you do something that's just depriving yourself of those resources, you could actually really hurt yourself because then your body is going to try as hard as it can to eat what it can. And it will eat the muscle that it's supposed to be building. And then you'll just end up hurting yourself because you'll just be fatigued and too weak to do anything uh, that you need to do. So it's protein, protein, protein has been a big thing. Um, sometimes I don't get enough carbs, but I haven't had like a, a major depletion of energy or anything like that yet. Um, but um, yeah, so 
you know, macros are really important. I mean, and, and that's also different for everyone's goals because some people will still do muscle training, but they won't necessarily be looking to bulk up or to really build muscle for the sake of strength. They're looking to just tone their body as existing and still like lose weight. So for people with that goal in mind, you know, they'll typically, so typically whatever you're wanting to, to focus on more is what you do first in your workout. So like, since I'm wanting to focus on actually building muscle, because again, having muscle, just having muscle burns calories. It's great. Um, it gives you an extra buffer. You can eat more and just, that's that there's, that's, it's just better. It's a better use of calories because you have to constantly burning calories to feed that muscle for it to even exist. Um, and of course you still have to use it so that it, it's, it doesn't atrophy or get converted back into fat basically. Um, but, uh, you have to, um, um, Ooh, uh, I know I'm getting sleepy, but, uh, you know, you, um, you have to, um, if, if you want to build muscle, you need to do that. It's, it's, it's preferable that you do that at the beginning of your workout, because that's where you're spending the most amount of your energy, just right up front, fresh out, just saying, I'm going to spend my energy at toning and training my muscle. Um, and then you do cardio at the end, which by that point, you'll already be tired. You'll be like, gosh, do I really want to do cardio now? It's like, well, yeah, you still need to do something to get your heart rate up. Because that's just good in general for your endurance. It can be tempting to skip it um, or just, you know, whatever. Um, I don't do nearly as much cardio as I used to after all that. But but it, like, if, for example, you, again, just wanted to tone and still lose weight, then you would probably do cardio first and then do some light muscle training afterwards just to kind of, you know, keep those muscles there and that's it, you know. Um but, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. And I think that's what's so overwhelming, um, especially a lot of people who are getting into it because, I mean, you know, there are people who make their entire careers out of this, you know. And there's and another thing to be really wary about is that there's a lot of, like, pop-up programs, especially designed for the uninitiated who are, like, these online programs, these these fitness coaches that are just like, oh yeah, give us like 1400 bucks. And then in 16 weeks, you'll be this muscled Adonis. Um, and you know, if you don't do it just exactly right, or, you know, God forbid you get sick during that time or something, then you're just kind of screwed out of your money. Um, like it's a, it's a, it's a real commitment and it's just, you know, um, it's a, it's a big money sink or there was one that I actually went to out of curiosity uh, a few years ago before I even tried seriously losing weight or anything. And it was these people at this, uh, I'm sure you've seen around iron tribe. Um, oh yeah. They're like, here, you can be a part of this six week program and you're going to lose so much body fat. And it's going to be great. You just got to stick to our, pro our program and you pay us like, 600 bucks up front but if you reach your goal in this time for like decreasing your body fat by this percentage or whatever then then you're good you're not you, you we'll give you your money back you know it just it's, so it, the the business model is designed 
to fail for one and two to make you feel bad about it because well if you didn't reach your goal it's because you just weren't trying hard enough and well you already paid for it but you know you were so close so you might as well pay them again so you can keep trying to reach your goal with these group workout peer pressure sessions um you know that works for some people great um it's not really healthy but you know <laughs> yeah you got that right yeah that definitely wouldn't be the way i would be going about trying to lose weight it's like yeah here you go here's my 600 bucks and and if i don't get to the to the goal that you have set for me then uh here's some more money it's <laughs> uh or either that or I'm just going to you know, wallow in self-pity or myself a pity party. So it's like one way or the other. It don't sound like a win-win situation for me if I don't make that goal. So there's definitely, uh, it, it definitely is, uh, you know, personal, I guess, preference of what people would do personally for me. That definitely would not be my route. But there is, uh, it definitely does depend on what you're trying to go for. Definitely if you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to gain muscle or if you're just trying to do a little bit of both to where you're just trying to tone your body but not trying to get bodybuilder kind of look. Uh, so there's just a, definitely a big spectrum when it comes to um, our health. So, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, as far as anybody trying to think of ways to like losing weight or, you know, uh, gaining muscle, just definitely do some research. And there's definitely uh, – some challenges that come with a lot of these situations, like there's definitely things you may have to give up, you know, like whether it's uh, like certain foods or you might have just, you definitely will have to work harder for it. It definitely is a lot of commitment for sure. So uh, there's that. And then uh, before I get into the sickness part, I, I actually have another thing that I want to bring up right quick. So when I was trying to uh, back before I got onto like a weight loss journey, I was talking to a friend about this struggle and he was telling me like one big thing for him that got him to lose weight is I forget the exact name for it, but it's a certain kind of fasting that you do to where you only eat during like a certain part of the day. And then like you go like probably a good like 14, 15, 16 hours without eating. So it's like you only have like a seven eight hour window to eat and then like you go the rest of the time without it have you ever done something like that before i briefly considered it actually before going on keto i believe it's called intermittent fasting yes um i never actually did it but i was um ha i have heard of it i've heard of some people who do it and you know the thing about that um, I think it's, it's another one thing that's kind of hard to get into kind of similar to ketosis because, you know, you, you're so used to having your body eat at certain times. And I noticed that, I mean, it is possible because I know like it was, there were some elements of that with Optivia because again, having to train your body to only eat these certain times, even if it's not making yourself really full, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, your body does get trained to get hungry at those times or get hungrier than it already was at those times. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a big ordeal, um, to, um, to, to, to get that, to get to that point with your, with your body. I mean, I don't, 
I don't know. I, I, I hadn't really thought about trying it. I think that a lot of things that are those odd or weird diets, you know, like keto or like Optavia, um, are really just good. I mean, keto, Optavia, or, or even intermittent fasting are really just good when you want to lose weight quick. Uh, albeit you're recovering from a holiday binge or you are just starting out way out there. You know, you are, you are in the morbid obese category already, or you are at the point where you are just, you don't feel like you stand a chance doing things just a traditional way of just, you know, okay, I'm going to cut my calories, make better health decisions. I mean, some people say they literally lose 20 pounds just by cutting out soft drinks. Well, I never really drank many soft drinks. So when people told me that was the first thing I needed to do, I said, well, crap, it's going to be even harder for me. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think that those are cool little neat tricks, you know, to, to either get you started or to get you going or get you somewhere quick. But I don't think that any of those are really good long-term solutions. I'm not really too sure about intermittent fasting, and I'm I'm still not entirely sure about keto because I know that in, like performance like of the mind like in terms of like focus and um, some other health benefits have been seen and studied in states of ketosis. That's been like a big thing. Um, but there's also other long-term health effects that could come into play for that. It's it's still something that's very much either isn't being studied or needs to be studied. But I mean like these kind of alternating states of being that are not really currently reflective or indicative that you have, you have to kind of go out of your way to live that way because, you know, everything in all of the food that we have, it's major production right now. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's some, it's got some kind of grains or, or corn um, or soy product. It's everywhere. Um so you really have to go out of your way to maintain those kinds of diets or those kinds of lifestyles that would permit you to, to live in this certain kind of way. Um, not saying it can't be done. I mean, there are people who are lactose intolerant legitimately and, you know, I mean, I guess you get lactate, but like, I mean, my heart goes out to them. Um, but like, I feel like in the end, if you don't have some sort of strange dietary restriction for your health, then you're kind of going to end up coming back to a baseline of, look, you're just going to need to learn how to eat food that is good enough to count for the calories that you're intaking and how to not binge eat and how to not go over and how to keep things within a certain limit to match for the amount of physical activity you're putting out, you know, so the idea is that your calories are going down, your activity is going up. And then, you know, once you've built some more muscle, then, well, I mean, I actually know a guy at work. He, he does like a lot of kickboxing. He's super active and he's, he's really built muscularly. And like, we've gone out to lunch before at work and he'll be like, I'm hungry already again. He'll go pick up a Big Mac on the way back, back to work. And he just, he puts it all to good use because he's just that muscular and he just gets that extra hungry. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I feel like at some point, regardless of your level of muscle, it's going to come down to a 
a balancing act of eating foods and eating the right foods to keep you full and functional. And these weird diets that are based on timing and very restrictive, you know, cutting out carbs, treating carbs like they're the devil, which, you know, both Optivia and Keto did. Uh, and then you think you find like these cool cheat codes, like, like they have, um, you know, low carb ice cream uh, because they replaced all synthetic sugars, which can do just the same thing to you, if not worse. The same thing with a lot of in general sugar free stuff. Granted, I still do ingest a lot of sugar free, you know, substitutes just because, I mean, if I didn't do that, like there was, it, it would, it would be even harder. So it's just, you know, um, and it's not, it's not all bad. It's just, it, the thing about that is that as opposed to sugar, which gets digested and immediately converted into fat in your body, sugar-free substitutes don't get digested. So they're exited in every other way with your body, whether it's sweat or excretory system, whatever you want to imagine. But, uh, you know, so some would argue that that's not good for you. It's not good. It's, it's more pressure on your liver. Um, cause everything you put in your body is going to eventually have to go through your liver. Same thing with having too much protein at once though, that can actually cause a lot of GI problems, but uh, that's a, that's, you know, anyways, neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely have, like considered as well, the whole like intermittent fasting and like trying to, uh, do that but that, it kind of got to where it was almost like unrealistic for me just because it, it, there is certain times of the days where it does seem like my body I guess it, like I've kind of gotten myself to where I've shifted a little bit to where I'll have dinner a little bit earlier than I used to I guess just also because of like the current job that I have like I think the job that I had before um, I didn't get off till late so like my dinner was way later than what it is now so I guess it just like depending on like your lifestyle and stuff like that. So uh, it was just hard finding that balance and then trying to find the, the right things to eat during that time to where it's good for you. But it, and it's going to last you for a lot for the rest of the time until you eat again during that small time period. And uh, it definitely can be a short term goal, like a good way to lose weight. But yeah, long term, I, I could see how. I, it would be a, it would definitely be very hard for me personally. I could see that being a challenge for sure. So, so yeah, that's something that um I've I have considered before, but it just didn't work out for me. But um, but anyways, I guess uh, moving on into like the whole sickness and illness part of this topic. Um, I guess I'll have you kind of explain some of like the, that side of the health journey that you went through regarding, uh, sicknesses or illnesses. Okay. Um, so growing up, I was a very, very sickly child. I don't really know entirely exactly what was wrong with me. I would just start vomiting uncontrollably a lot. Um, I was hospitalized with what they called cyclic vomiting. They just couldn't get me to stop vomiting at least a dozen times growing up. Um, and I just had a very weak and nervous stomach. I had a lot of anxiety. 
when I was a, a small child and, you know, I have reasons why I think that was, and, you know, they, they got, they got better, a lot better as I got older and I kind of, you know, made a conscious effort to remove some of those anxious thoughts that I was having, you know, just, just from, from my everyday life. Um, because mental health, it, it, I mean, that can definitely have a huge effect on your, your physical health, obviously. But, um, so I was, I was very anxious. I was very scared and just, I hated, I had, I really, I hated going to school. And so a lot of times that would make me be psychosomatically sick. Um, like I would, you know, I would psych myself up to the point that I would actually get sick um because of how much i dreaded going to school and stuff sometimes um but basically i would just i would just go to the hospital and just throw up and the only thing they could really do was uh give me an antispasmodic which sometimes helped sometimes didn't but they would put me on an iv until i basically pass out um so that i could stay hydrated uh because you will dehydrate you know you just keep throwing up all your fluids it just sucks um Whenever I was 11 or 12, I think, is when they first found erosion in my esophagus, which is really common these days, actually. And I got put on one of the various proton pump inhibitors that we put on, which is basically in your esophagus, you know, where you have, well, so your stomach, obviously you have stomach acid and the idea of GERD or, uh, uh, let's see, what does that stand for again? It's like, gastro uh, something gastro re something reflux disease basically it's not even really a disease it's just a, a disorder um you know when whenever you you know your heartburn it's not really a heart it's you you have stomach acid that just flares up into your your esophagus um and again that can happen from heightened states of anxiety or whatever uh it was happening so much, I think also as part of, you know, my, my incessant gag reflex and, and having to throw up so much that, uh, my esophageal wall was eroding away, uh, to the point that, you know, I had to go on some medication for it. And if I hadn't gone on medication for it at that age, very young, um, they would have eventually had to, you know, step and do some more drastic measures like they were talking about surgery and stuff like that. So it was like, no big deal. It's just a pill I pop a day and eventually my heartburn goes away. And I, again, I think it's like super common these days, even more so than it was at that time. Um, at the time though, I was also told that there are other possible side effects from using those medications for a long time. And I should only use it as needed. But every time I, I went off it after I thought I was getting better, I eventually ended up getting another really bad bout and had to end up getting onto it or a new one. I've been through like three or four different ones at this point. I don't even remember. Um, so, you know, that was some of the GI issues uh, for upper GI. And it feels like they kind of traveled downwards as I got older. Um, whenever I was in high school, um, you know, of course, I still had a nervous stomach and would still sometimes like sporadically throw up, but it wasn't nearly as often. And it was usually stress related. Um, but I had, uh, it was, let's see, it was my appendix decided to rupture. <laughs> um, 
that wasn't fun at all. Um, in the appendix, um, I'm sure you may or may not know, probably do, but if that ruptures and you don't get it treated within a very short amount of time, it can be fatal. Um, and you see what had happened was like, uh, you know, I was at my boarding school and I told my mom that like I had like there was some social event that was happening like over the weekend. And I said, oh, no, I'm just tired. I'm going to go lie down back in my room. And my mom apparently was really caught off guard by that. She's like, oh, there's no way you would miss out on being social. So there's something definitely wrong with you. And then she, you know, was like, OK, go to the school nurse. And, you know, that was like on Monday that I was able to go to the infirmary and then she was, she gave me some Pepto-Bismol, which by the way, is not what you want to do to somebody who like that. It's actually worse for an appendix. that's on the way out. Um, and, you know, she basically called and harassed the school and got them to get me taken to a hospital. Uh, and then they did like a CAT scan and stuff. And, you know, they do like the whole nuclear dye thing that goes through and they're like, Oh yeah, you, uh, you have appendicitis. We can't let you leave here. Um, and it was so bad. Like they got out just in time, like as it was like really like bursting, like as it was like going out as it went out. And, but I had to stay um, in the hospital for like three days to get the infection drained from my body because that was, uh, I had like really high fever the whole time too. So they, they caught it kind of just a few seconds, almost kind of too late, but I didn't die. So whatever. Um, but you know, that was, that was a, an issue and it, it just kind of came out of nowhere, but I mean, you know, that, that was all along the same lines of, you know, just GI problems. Um, let's see. And then, uh, I recovered from that pretty quick though. Um, and then it wasn't until after my first year in college that my GI problems were starting to get even worse, especially for the lower GI. Um, I don't know how gruesome details I want to get here, but I'll just say there was some blood in some places that there shouldn't have been as it relates to my GI tract. And uh, it was kind of freaking me out, as it would most people. And, um, you know, this is when I officially got diagnosed with IBS and, you know, that's like super common these days. Again, I mean, you look at the food we're eating these days, it's just terrible processed junk. So, you know, it, lo and behold, you know, things like, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, um, irritable, um, what was it? Uh, not just irritable bowel, but also, um, inflammatory bowel disease. Um, you know, things like Crohn's and um, uh, like cancers of the colon and the uh, intestinal tract uh, are just so common and rampant these days, um, you know, because of the food that we are, we are ingesting because of what's available. You know, it's not just, oh, you made bad choices. It's like, no, no, I made cheap choices. You have to spend a pretty penny to eat good food sometimes or just have the time to be able to make your own. And that's something that between time and money, very few people have one or both of those. Um, and um, 
so that being said, you know, having IBS, it's kind of a covered, covered term and they don't really tell you any details whatsoever about like what exactly that means. It's basically just like, well, something's wrong. We can't figure out what's wrong. I went on maybe five or six different medications. None of them fixed anything. They actually just made it, they, they overfixed the problem and then gave me a new issue basically. Um, and then there's, uh, what was it? There was, um, there's, so there's, there's IBS and then there's also, um, I got tested for a bunch of things like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's. They tried to say that I had celiac disease, AKA that gluten was causing the problem which really that's an oversimplification of the problem as I've learned as well, because gluten is actually really bad for people who have issues with inflammatory issues in themselves, which technically speaking, uh, IBS is an inflammatory issue in that so much that it, it, it deals with, you know, the immune system's nervous response and your body will have an inflammatory response towards food as if it's like a foreign thing that's attacking it because it doesn't want to process it right. Whenever your body doesn't know what to do, it just kind of puffs up and in, in, inflames. That's just what it does. Um, because it doesn't know what else to do. It's, it's like whenever you have an allergic reaction to something, basically. And that's, you know, that's technically what inflammatory bowel disease is classified as, even though I tested, I had high inflammatory markers, but they're like, oh no, you don't actually have IBD. And there's all this, a crazy amount of testing I went through and it was just no results. Nothing was, was really conclusive. Um, and, um, you know, it, it got to a point, it got worse after my car accident, uh, which I think that might've been because I had induced a hiatal hernia. Like there was a, a little injury right at the, the top of my stomach, like at the, at the base of the esophagus. Um, but it was too small to operate on, but I had to go back on again, another proton pump inhibitor. Um, and, um, it was just a bad time because basically it got worse and worse. It really peaked about 2019, uh, 2019, 2020, when I was, you know, getting back up in the weight and just having a really hard time, it got to the point where it was like Russian roulette. I would be like, okay, if I'm going to go somewhere, I don't need to eat food because I don't know if that food's going to make it to where I feel so miserable that I need to physically lie down to, to just let it pass because it would make me feel inflamed. Like, you know, some people think of it like uh, indigestion, like, you know, okay, you're burping a lot, but it's like, no, no, it's more than that. It's like, it's so bad that it's crowding. It, it makes you feel like, so full and so inflamed and I can't get any relief from it that like, it's hard for me to breathe. And so, uh, you know, trying to explain that to, you know, a dime a dozen, all these GI doctors, I went through like four of them before I finally found a good one. Um, and they just, they really don't know how to help you. They're like, well, here's this medication. If it doesn't work and you're not testing positive for any of these other things, or you don't literally have cancer, you know, deal with it. Um, 
And um, so, you know, all these things, they were kind of the ongoing struggle throughout the whole, my whole life, just dealing with this. And this is only just part of it. I mean, there's still so much more. Uh, and, um, but, you know, it got really, really bad at that point to so much so that, you know, there, there, I just, I, I could, I've had so many colonoscopies and endoscopies, you know, doctors shoving cameras in you just trying to look around, and see, Hey, where's the inflammation? Hey, what's going on? And every time it would come up inconclusive and it's just like, well, we don't know what's going on, but uh, here, I guess we'll give you some antibiotics to flush out your systems, you know, to reset your gut flora and all that stuff. And it's just, uh, it, 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 there was never any relief. So what ended up happening is I ended up going to UAB and I saw a doctor there that someone recommended and he took one look at all my records. It took me, I had to, I had to get in to see him. I had to wait three months, like, but it was worth it because he took one look at everything and he's like, okay, here, have this medication is actually used of all things to treat nerve damage. Um, which I would just like, what? This makes no sense. But I gave it about a week and a half. I had some weird sleeping side effects and weird dreams, but once my body adapted to it, it kind of just fixed it. Um, I'm thinking what the issue is, is that, uh, and you know, again, I still do have IBS technically, but like a lot of the inflammatory issues were resolved because I think what happened is that, you know, either something with a hiatal hernia or just over time degradation of nerves and how like the nerves, don't connect properly to everywhere in my digestive system. So whenever I'm digesting food, my body's just like, ah, we're under attack sometimes. Um, and this helps with that. Like, it's amazing. Like it's, I, you know, and so I, I, I'd made like this, this mental note. I was like, that's I was like, I'm going to get back on the weight loss track after, uh, after I get these things settled and, you know, I'm not going to get these things settled uh, by talking to all these different doctors. Like, they're not helping me. So once I finally got them settled, then I was like, okay, cool. Now I get back on the weight loss track. And that's that's kind of what I did. That was in 2021. And then 2022 was the year I made the most progress after trying some other things in the latter part of 2021. But uh, the... Um, like, cause like the only thing that really stopped me from losing weight back in 2017, like I said, there's a car accident. And right after that, so I actually got my gallbladder out because, oh yeah, another bonus fun thing uh, with my unhealthy way of weight loss I was doing before with overloading on fiber pills and stuff like that, that, um, uh, that actually also resulted in like my, my gallbladder getting kicked out. Like it, it, if you lose weight really fast, your gallbladder is going to probably come out soon too just by the way and mine was already on the on the the border and that was a whole other issue it required months of of um of recovery it was really painful and really bad and really really uncomfortable so yeah I, i've lost a good number of elective organs i've lost my tonsils adenoids appendix gallbladder could probably stand to lose a kidney not that i'm you know volunteering myself for that but it's, I mean, you, you only need one kidney. So, uh, I, I could, uh, I could get rid of that if I, if I, if I needed to.
I think I think I'm just about done removing parts though for now. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, you definitely been through a big journey when it comes to losing things for sure. They're getting all that out of you. So wow, what a what a journey that you've been on for sure. I'm glad that things this year have uh, progressed, you know, like in a in the positive direction. So I'm definitely glad to hear that. And uh, and there are a couple of things that you've mentioned that I can even relate to as far as my health when it comes to um, a sickness or an illness kind of thing. But um, I, but before I mentioned that one, I guess the first one that kind of one thing that affected me was, I guess, when I was like six or seven, I started having like breathing problems and went to the doctor ended up uh, being told that I have asthma. So that was like my first like thing when it came to health, that was like a, a struggle for me, especially during my younger years. Uh, now that I'm older, it's not as bad as it used to be. It can get bad. Like, uh, even though I like cats, but I can't be around cats that are indoors. Like I don't mind like seeing some uh, stray cats that sometimes we take care of and, you know, see them for a few minutes. But for the most part, I can't be around cats too long because it starts like affecting my, my lungs and my breathing. So there's moments like that where it could be a challenge, but, uh, but for the most part, it's been better. Um, during my younger years, it made it to where I couldn't play sports as much because it would just take my breath like away. And, um, I, I mean, I ended up playing soccer for like one year. And after that, my body was just like, I don't think you can handle it. So, so that was definitely a challenge. So, um, so asthma was the first thing, but then like the next thing that kind of affected me that I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier was, um, was I had this, I, I didn't know what was going on, but I lost, I managed to lose like 50 pounds in a matter of two years from like, um, from the end of my like high school years to like 2013 and like people were like oh wow look at you losing weight like you're doing great and like I wasn't even exercising or nothing I like really I was still eating the same things basically and maybe at one point I was trying to drink differently like uh try not to drink as much coke but uh but besides that I was like losing weight like really fast and I was thinking oh this is awesome like I'm losing weight and I'm not even trying and um, and then here I come down to like 160, which I started looking like really thin, like a little too thin for my body type. And, um, and it started kind of getting a little bit scary at one point because it was getting to the point to where I was getting like, I was in very bad pain, like down here in my like tailbone area. And I, it was getting to where I couldn't even walk. Like I was like having a really hard time walking without it being painful or like I would have to lay a certain way without it like being like sharp pain down there. So um, that became a big concern because like my family started like was really scared that like I, I possibly had like cancer because I was losing weight so fast and I was in like excruciating pain. So I ended up going to a doctor that following day after I uh, was having that terrible, terrible pain at work. And uh and then I got referred from that like family practice doctor to like a specialist. And um, I, so I went there and then I ended up finding out that um, that I had, I don't know if this is what affected it, but uh, I, I'm going to say that this thing affected it. But anyways, they found a, a pill and needle cyst right on my tailbone. And, uh, 
and they had to surgically remove it. Um, I had to be awake the whole time during that process. So it was not fun. It was very painful them having to uh, remove it. And then there was this whole idea. I'm, I'm kind of going a little bit TMI, but there is this, uh, after the surgically removing it, um, then they had to like my, I had to heal from the inside out. So they had to like pack, uh, I think it's called packing, uh, basically up they had to do like an incision on my tailbone and like pack it in to where um I guess like it would heal from the inside out and I had to do that for like a week where and it was very painful it was uh and I know that's very gruesome but it was literally blood sweat and tears that whole week it was so painful and I was like and crying a lot and uh anyways um I got better from that uh, in 2013, so that was good because uh, I, I was somehow after that got resolved, I started gaining weight again, and um, and then two years later in 2015, um, I started like having kind of like the same problem where I started having blood um, down there as well, to a little too much blood, and it was getting pretty concerning. Cause I was thinking, Oh no, like, you know, what is this problem now? Like I just had the cyst like a couple of years ago that was, you know, affecting me. And now here's this problem, which I mean, years before, like it, uh, the problems actually kind of started in 2011, but like it got drastically worse in 2015. So that's where I realized I need to go back to the doctor. And uh, so I went to the doctor then they referred me to a different doctor. I had a colonoscopy as well, which that prep is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I cannot stand that prep. <laughs> so yeah, I've been there, done that. Like, I don't even know how many times at this point. Yeah, that's the worst part about it all. That like, when somebody told me like, that's the worst part, the colonoscopy is the easy part because I was nervous about being like put under because I've never been like, I guess, anesthesia or anything like that. But they're like, that you shouldn't even be worried about that you need to worry about the prep it's like and once I went through that prep I was like yep I know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. so um I ended up yeah, having a colonoscopy and they didn't see no like polyps or anything like that but I feel like I think they did they must have seen something because they sent me to another specialist a, a col colorectal like doctor mm -hmm. and so I went to one of those and uh and they ended up finding uh an ulcer so i ended up getting that uh surgically removed here a couple of months after uh, the colonoscopy and and i think that kind of uh made things a little bit better i mean every now and then it's still uh, an a problem but it's not to where it's a major problem but that definitely um, had a bit of effect on me for sure. They didn't really say, I mean, I don't know. They said there was many things that could have caused, caused that ulcer, um, but they couldn't really pinpoint something exactly. But I mean, I know they said at one point like stress, but it's like, I don't know, like if, if I was like really stressed enough to where, um, and to where ulcers were, you know, showing up. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, I had that removed. So that was like my, my main like problems as far as like health wise. I mean, other than that, just simple stuff. Like, I mean, I, I had the flu once. I mean, I had COVID last year, which was minor, thankfully. Um, the stomach bug is never fun. But besides that, um, you know, those were like my main problems. <laughs> mm. 
I mean, uh, yeah, you mentioned asthma. That was definitely, I mean, cause I have asthma as well. And it's just like, it's so background for me at this point, I think honestly, cause uh, something I found interesting about asthma in particular, um, is that it's not hereditary. It is completely entirely due to your environment. So, you know, a lot of people living in smog-filled cities, for example, are, are a lot more prone to it, or in drier climates especially. I was born in both of those, being in Dallas, Texas. We had just pollution everywhere. We even had ozone days. I remember there was one day the sky literally turned red. It was just it was just so, so much different than Alabama. Um, and, you know, while I love Texas and I, and I miss my home dearly, um, you know, that was the day to day, you know, we would drive into downtown Dallas uh, to get to school and it was extremely polluted and, and dirty. And I have no doubt that that compared with the dry weather, you know, contributed to our, our breathing issues to the point where, you know, at least once a year, I would usually come down with bronchitis, sometimes develop into walking pneumonia. And, um, it was just kind of expected, you know, there wasn't really anything we could do about it. Uh, when I moved to Alabama, things being just so much greener and there being more moisture in the air, like I don't typically have those problems quite as severely. Um, there was COVID, uh, which wasn't really much about coughing for me. Like it wasn't really as much of the actual breathing symptoms it was just more like a bad flu to me um i got really bad chills had fever um i didn't have let's see uh, i had weird dreams i remember with covid um i i did lose taste but I, and smell but like i don't feel like that's any different from like any other flu like thing i mean like you just, you're just congested. So like, you don't really notice that you've lost anything until like, like I tried drinking a smoothie when I had COVID and I was like, Oh, this is just so gross and slimy. I, I hate it. Nasty. Um, and you sleep a lot. That's, that's about it. Like I really slept a lot. Like I, I mean, eh. but, um, but no, like, uh, I had actually had a really bad case of walking pneumonia uh, back in late February, early March of 2020, right when things were kind of starting to hit the fan. Um, and I was like coughing my lungs out because I had two different doctors tell me uh, that this... Um, lung infection I had was viral and would go away on its own when in reality it didn't and it was bacterial and you needed antibiotics but by that time I let it go on for like two and a half weeks and I was coughing up blood and <laughs> things weren't going good and I needed a, I went through a whole round of antibiotics and it still wasn't enough so I had to go through a second round of antibiotics an even longer one and it was just it was really difficult and this was after I'd already you know flown because like at, the, at that time of year I was going home to visit my family in Texas for like a week and so I really didn't have time to you know sit around and be on antibiotics and be recovering I, was like, I needed to be on the go um so I, I got like a steroid shot to try to just avert it and that didn't really um help all the way so 
I got really sick and it was like, I guess like the steroids will like kind of nullify your immune system and stop you from doing anything. And so I came back the, the first day I got back to my apartment that year back in Alabama was, I got 103 to temperature. So it's like, crap. Ooh. I was like, this is, this is not good. And, you know, I thought this whole time I'm thinking, you know, with how everything had been hyped up on the news about, you know, this, this, uh, um, lung disease that people are getting with COVID-19 I'm like oh crap you know this is what it is and then it's not when I actually did get it it was nowhere near as you know not saying people don't get severe cases but I mean having had it and surviving it before you know the whole vaccine rollout or whatever I mean it's just like okay I've literally survived worse um you know of course I have that ability to say that because I'm not in one of the primary affected demographics of the elderly. It's mostly the elderly that suffer these things. But, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, that, that being said, I mean, uh, apart from, but yeah, I mean, so breathing and eating, two most important vital human functions have, have always kind of been a, a difficulty for me, but at least the breathing got better when I moved to Alabama. It's not nearly as much of an issue as it was. Um, I do still have a rescue inhaler and I still do take that, you know, whenever I'm like working out typically, um, not so much with weights, more just when I'm elevating my heart rate, cardio, whatever, but I can also get away with sometimes not needing it. But there have been times, like, especially when I was, I was getting started, like in the, like whenever it would, it happened sporadically. Like there were a few times where like I would take my inhaler and it wouldn't be enough. And I would start hyperventilating while I was working out uh, or I would push myself too hard um, and my heart rate wouldn't come down fast enough. Um, and I would just get really dizzy and kind of like, feel like I need to fall out a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, but yeah, asthma, that was definitely something I struggled with as well. So I, I relate there. Um, and I did, you know, I think it was because, you know, between that and just being sick with, or just having a hard time eating as a child, I actually used to be underweight, believe it or not, whenever I was all the way up until I want to say second grade. Uh, in first grade, actually, I was the only kid who was still sitting in a car seat because I was very underweight. Um, and, you know, I think part of that was because again, you know, I couldn't keep any food down. I, I, a lot of times I was ending up sick. I was ending up going to the hospital. I was just very sick. Um, and because of that, I think I was very picky. I was a very picky eater as a child. I wouldn't eat like any meat. Uh, I wouldn't eat a lot of various kinds of food. Like the, the only thing I would eat would be like, um, spaghetti I think was one of them <laughs> which is which still wasn't good for me so I don't I don't know why that got a pass but um but yeah so I mean like I, I was really underweight and then second grade I finally coerced myself to try eating hamburger for the first time and as I guess I started introducing more of that protein like I instantly started gaining weight and you know it was great until it wasn't <laughs> but <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, so weight, digestion, breathing, um, and you said, so that ulcer thing that happened, that was like on your lower back. 
Um, so I did have a, a cyst that was on my tailbone, but then I right. also had an ulcer a couple of years later. Um, it was a, a, it was an anal ulcer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, cause I guess, I guess like an, I mean, I don't even know like how, what exactly do you define as what, what even is an ulcer? You know, I mean, like I know what a hernia is. Like you're just like moving tissue around in a way that it's not supposed to move. Like is an ulcer, is it similar to that? I guess it's just like a, a lesion. Yeah, I think that's typically uh, basically what it is. It's just in a different area <laughs> for yeah. me. Yeah, because like I know that like typically when I hear people talk about ulcers, they, they usually talk about getting them like in their stomach or, or something a little bit further up the GI tract. But I guess you can get them anywhere. I mean, especially if you're you're really stressed out. I don't know if, if, I mean, you said you didn't know about being that stressed out at that time or not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that I could have been because around that time I was still in college and I'm sure I had, you know, especially during that time when I was having it removed, uh, I was uh, around, I think it was, I was still at uh, Jeff State Community College, but I was still, I guess, just overwhelmed probably classes. So it could have possibly been stress. Yeah. And if there's one thing I, I realized, you know, especially about my first year, like working a full-time job as opposed to just being in class is, you know, kind of the adjustment and the expectation. I mean, sometimes you're under more stress than you even realize. And I know that happens, you know, when people first start out in college or they start taking on more responsibility and more classes, you know, just some, any kind of major life change. It, it can be more stressful than you even realize. Or like sometimes I realize like I would be super high, strong and stressed at school all year. And then I would come home to my, to visit my parents and I would really actually relax for the first time in like a month or two. And then I would get sick because it's like your body's realizing, oh, wait, here's all these things that have just been hushed and put on hold. You know, here, fight this and get over it and, and, and heal yourself. Um, and you just don't really realize that, you know, you had that much kind of built up on you. But, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like, yeah, that's definitely, you know, something that, can happen to where yeah it, you know it could just build up and then all of a sudden it just blows right up basically so um but i'm glad that at least you know you move into alabama that that helps you know you out as far as you know your uh health goes as far as it being a little bit more uh, as far as humidity and stuff like that you know moisture and all that you know at least that's been uh helpful at least so i'm glad for that but as far as me with uh inhaler as well i do have like a rescue one as well just in case i don't have to use it as much sometimes i'll have to use it during like the cold weather because as much as i enjoy like having the heat on so it does affect me uh sometimes like if i have the heater on and i go to sleep and then sometimes i'll wake up and i'm like heavy breathing so I'll still have a, a struggle every now and then, but for the most part, um, during most of the year, I feel pretty, uh, pretty good as far as my asthma to where it's uh, do I uh, can live life without my inhaler. <laughs> I always just have mine in my pocket, anyways, just just in case, um, just. 
because I, I mean, and what really sucks is when I've had actual asthma attacks. Though is that even the inhaler doesn't usually do a good enough job. Like I'll have to bust out the actual uh, nebulizer, you know the the machine that you have to hook up and get the inhalation solution. And oh yeah, it's it's super loud usually. Well, I guess the newer ones aren't as loud, but you have to get it all set up, and then you have to like sit there and breathe slowly for it to get in and. Because it's just when you get these infections in your lungs, they just—it's just so fast, and you just kind of can't do anything. Um, but uh, you know, the the inhaler might be good, like if I'm out on the go and I need something to calm me down right then. But even then, like it won't really be real relief. Um, and and of course, the trade-off for these things is that while it might help you clear your lungs, is uh, it does actually elevate your heart rate, so that's like you just feel anxious too. Um, but uh, do you do you think that of the health issues you experienced? I mean, other than the things that obviously you know you guys found that was making you lose weight. I mean, you know, you have the asthma as a backup or rescue or whatever, but like. Do you feel like any of these things, these things have like negatively impacted you or prohibited you from being able to, you know, pursue fitness or pursue a good body weight or, or, or you know, anything? Have they gotten in the way of your, of your dietary choices even? Yeah, so I could say, um, yeah, a couple of things have kind of held me back just a little bit, like even with asthma, when I started trying to lose weight in 2020, and uh, it would get to where like, I may overdo it on like the treadmill, because that was like my go to at the time. And like, I would definitely have to have my inhaler handy. And sometimes, uh, like you were even saying, sometimes the inhaler is not even enough to where uh, you just start like, hyperventilating you start just having this really short breathing uh, short breaths for sure so that was one big thing for me and then as far as like um I, I haven't been diagnosed as lactose intolerant but I'm almost self-diagnosing myself because I have a bad reaction every time when I eat dairy even though it's really good but I still I still put myself through that misery I guess <laughs> because I cheese is too good but but it doesn't do good for my body. So I do feel like that has kind of uh, affected me as well in ways. So I guess I've had uh, some things that have, I guess, set me back a little bit, but it hasn't fully, I guess, hindered it. I guess it has just partially uh, been like a little bump on the road, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, had something I was, I was thinking about with that I mean um yeah I mean because asthma can can really be a, a major detractor when it comes to trying to be physical and and when you're trying to to build up kind of that endurance but I mean it is something you definitely do have to kind of build up and just get used to being routinely active and that can be really really hard but uh, um, you know, like I guess one of the things for me, like I was saying, you know, like it was hard for me to to say I want to ingest X amount of food or any or even the right kind of food because like I couldn't even 
eat at all for sure. Um, lactose, though, interesting thing about that. Um, that's it, it's kind of one of those those misnomers. I at least from what I've found out, uh, lactose and dairy products in general, as well as gluten. You know, people say, "Oh, I'm lactose intolerant." Oh, I'm gluten intolerant. You know, I I have, I have celiac disease. Those things are actually just really difficult for people with any kind of inflammatory. Again, it comes back to inflammation with any kind of inflammatory issue uh, to deal with. You know, because because your body has to try extra hard to digest things that you know it it shouldn't have to as much. Uh, not so much in the case of gluten, but gluten is hard on the digestive system as well. It, um. You know, it's it's one of those complex kind of things that your body has to spend more time breaking it down. You know, you kind of puff up more whenever you eat that kind of a very carby filling food. Uh, with lactose, you know, humans are the only animal that drinks milk of another animal. Like we're kind of just weird like that. Um, I found, I was really surprised because, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm sure you remember, but growing up, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, you get, there was like this big, like push for everybody to be drinking milk all the time, every day, always. And if you didn't, you would turn into like a jello person and get kidnapped at the mall. Um, it was like a big thing. Yes. Um, but, but like, I, lo I mean, I loved milk. I really did love milk growing up. I don't know how I drank so much of it because now I can't do that nearly as much anymore. But, you know, like I had milk with my cereal like every day and the cereal was basically just sugar. So it was like sugar and milk like every morning for breakfast. Somehow that sustained me for several years. But lactose, I mean, you know, I, I was thinking when I first heard of like lactose free milk, like lactate, like I heard so much propaganda about it. Like, Oh, it's synthetic milk. It's not real milk. You know, it got lumped in with all the other stuff like almond milk. And uh, one of the ones I've actually tried, which is actually really good. Uh, which again, it kind of comes into the whole like FDA classification thing. Like, is it really milk? If it's almond milk, if it's really milk, if it's like, I tried with uh, cashew milk, that was another good one. Um, some people would argue no or yes. FDA still says yes officially, but that's beside the point. But lactate in particular is not, I mean, it, it's still 100% fully real milk. It's just they put this enzyme in there called lactase, which eats the lactose and produces sugar as a precipitate. So basically, it's the only kind of milk that we really should be drinking is lactate. And that is because there is no lactose in it. And instead we get this nice, it's, it's, it's sweeter milk. It's nice, it's a little bit sugary, a little bit extra sugar content, but that's it. You know, it takes up the one bad thing that we have trouble digesting. And um, so I highly recommend that if you do have issues with milk to try uh, lactate. And even if you don't, like even if you're just eating some other milk product that's just, you know, made with like normal whole milk or something like that, they also do sell tablets that you can take before you eat something, you know, you're going to have, going to have lactose in it. Um, 
they're just like lactate tablets and they uh they help um especially with like if you're gonna like eat ice cream or something um but um so yeah there, there's those things and then there's um similar like i said like with gluten it's the same thing like they did eventually double back on what they said to me about having celiacs because they're like oh actually your results were inconclusive so basically i dodged gluten for like half a year for no reason which by the way i think it's gotten better in the last seven years since i tried that but trying to be gluten-free was like super depressing because like their their excuse of bread was just bad because you need the gluten fibers to hold the bread together and it wouldn't so like it's just like you're trying to eat a sandwich and it just falls apart and it's just it just it, it didn't taste good and you had to keep it in the freezer it was just bad it's a bad experience so I actually ended up losing weight around then too. It was another time, but it, it wasn't because of my diet being gluten-free because I just stopped eating. So that was, that was a really bad decision as well. But, you know, that was a really bad semester in college anyways. So it was like, whatever. Um, but yeah, like it, it, there's a lot of foods that are just harder to digest. Um, a lot of your more complex carbs, your heavy starches, gluten being one of those, uh, and lactose for the vast majority of people. I think everyone is lactose intolerant to some degree. It's just some people are more sensitive than others. And same thing with gluten. Um, you know, we're just not naturally meant to rely this heavily on grains and we're not naturally meant to, to rely on other animals' milk. We're just not. So you know, how we ended up doing that is, it's weird that actually I, I watched a thing about it the other day. It was like the history of cheese and, and milk. It's like, wow, there's, there's like, a, there's a whole story there, but anyway, it, it's, it's weird. And, um, there are some foods that are just harder to, to, to digest and you have to be careful. It's the same thing with like, if you go more in the other direction, um, a lot of your red meats, you really want to limit that to not 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 having that more than like once or twice a week if you can um like pork in particular has always been the meat that i've been you know like you have to cook it just right and it takes your body more effort to digest pork than it does say something like chicken uh you know a leaner meat um or like even the uh the the leaner cuts of, of beef stuff too uh and if you want like the, typically the leanest meat is going to be more like your fish um you're going to get a lot of your good cholesterol from their fish oils or whatever of course that's bad for me because i am like i used to be really allergic to salmon uh which i think was part of what contributed to my whole episode back in the day but i apparently grew out of that i actually went and got tested it, part of my like journey in the beginning of 2021 of finding out what is wrong with me i need to get this fixed i went to um i i went to a uh what's it called an allergist and got tested full panel for everything They're like you don't have any food allergies anymore for these things at least that we tested you for i was like wow that's shocking because this has been like a dietary restriction my whole life 
Um, and um, actually, that was that was a funny thing because when I was eight, apparently my my I uh, things that I was allergic to not only salmon but also soy and corn. And again, soy and corn are in everything, and salmon at the time was my favorite thing. So that could have been the reason that I was really really sick all the time was because everything in the modern world that was being made and processed as food I was something I was allergic to. But um, anyway, so I, I did the allergy test. I tried doing physical therapy to alleviate my uh, weird digestive habits or, you know, trying to get regular. And um, that actually worked, but it worked too well. It actually caused more issues later, but that's, you know, I tried a bunch of things before I found finally found a doctor that, that helped me, but that's, that's getting back on the sickness thing, but bottom line, you know, um, meats, avoid red meats too much, avoid too much gluten. And if you have a, if you're really extra sensitive to, to, to dairy, definitely, um, check out lactate. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. But anyways, um, so yeah, I don't know if there's any other, anything else on that topic. I feel like we've covered everything. Yeah, I think we definitely covered a lot of things. And I think that was actually like a good way to kind of, you know, close this topic because I think uh, just even giving advice in that area, I could even take that in just because red meat and lactose is something definitely that, uh, that I uh, partake in for sure. So just even finding different ways, like even lactate, I've never tried lactate. So I would uh, definitely be open to trying that sometime just because I do feel like just regular whole milk is what I usually go to. And that uh, is not good for me. I don't think it's good for me. Uh, It's because like you were saying, it's hard to digest certain things like lactose and gluten and certain red meats. So definitely uh, it's good for me to even take that in. And, you know, I'm sure that's definitely, I hope, you know, the viewers take that in too, you know, if they're having these kind of problems too. So it's definitely a good way to, um, to kind of end this topic and to, um, you know, take that in and uh, try to apply it to our life and our lifestyle too. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a lot to learn about these things, but you know, whenever you're dealing with this kind of stuff, you, you kind of, it feels like you have to, you know, because you're just desperate for some kind of answers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, that is, uh, it definitely takes a lot of commitment and a lot of, uh, sometimes it takes a lot of just trying out different ways. And uh, eventually you get to your goal or you get to finding the right, uh, the right thing for you. So it definitely, uh, just takes a lot of patience as well. So, um, so yeah, anyways, I think that is going to end our topic on health. I want to thank Tony for being here again. It was definitely good talking about these things and talking about our personal journeys with uh, health. So I definitely appreciate you for being on here today. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So if y'all enjoyed this episode, whether you are watching this on YouTube or on my Instagram page, I would definitely um, appreciate the support. Uh, my Instagram page is not your average Joel podcast. And then um, also, uh, if, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I definitely 
I will appreciate if you subscribe to my channel. Uh, you're definitely welcome to comment as well. And then, uh, or if you're, you know, listening to these instead on my podcast streaming platforms that my episodes are on, like uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, be, I, you know, if you're listening there, I definitely appreciate your support there as well. So uh, anyways, everybody, I hope that y'all have um, a good rest of your day or night, depending on what time of the day you're watching this. And I will see y'all on the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody. That took the time to listen to this episode of Not Your Average Joel. My podcast is available on YouTube, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Overcast. If you want to see some standout moments, funny moments, or behind the scenes moments from my podcast, then please visit my Instagram page at Not Your Average Joel Podcast. If you enjoy my content and want to see and hear more about my episodes, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can hit the bell notification so that you can be notified whenever I post a new episode. You listening to this episode means so much to me. And if you ever want to be a future guest on my podcast, then please feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram page. I can't wait to share more of my life with you guys on the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Thank you, everybody, once again, and I will talk to y'all later. Goodbye.